Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Moving Into the Future. Today we have the Oma Rat Pack with Dan Clark taking place for Brian Martin, who couldn't wake up on this beautiful morning. <laughs> this is an upgrade. This, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we love BMAR, don't get us do. wrong. But Dan Clark is, you know, without question, after hearing him speak yesterday, one of the most adventurous and interesting men in the world. So, Dan. Yes. Thanks for coming with us today. Welcome. I'm kind of intimidated. I'm here sitting here with three Abercrombie models. And, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm way into the military and sitting here with Jim, whose dad was in the military. We understand call signs, and I'm a songwriter, and I'd write a song about the three of you guys, but I don't know what rhymes with stud muffin. <laughs> well, speaking of the military, too, and you, you got the nickname Hot Lips, which maybe we'll yeah. get to today. So. <laughs> Before we get to that, you know, one of the things we have here throughout OMA is uh, these incredible relationships. And, Absolutely. And we, and we spoke about it before, you know. These relationships are, are part of what makes, obviously, this Rat Pack great, but also OMA so great. And, you know, throughout your life, you've had the privilege of, you know, meeting and encountering so many interesting people, you know. How have those relationships helped you grow, you know, to the position you're in today? It's a great question, Jack. I think when we uh, when we talk about relationships from a public speaker perspective, I think that puts it into into the right perspective. I taught public speaking at the university level for eleven years, so it's forced me to crystallize what I know about the techniques or the art and science of public speaking and storytelling. And I always remind my students: seek to bless, not impress. Mm. So if I speak, or if any one of us speak, and we dazzle the audience and they leave impressed with us, we blew it. But if we can share the message and connect it the way where they leave impressed with themselves, that they can do more than they've ever done before, and we acknowledge that it's never about us, it's about them, then we have that real authentic connection. And as we were talking before you pushed play, the secret to, to, to relationships is what can I do for you? It's never a, a sales pitch, it's a serve pitch. Because what goes around comes around, karma's a real deal. And I spoke for Oma yesterday, and that's the reason why I met you guys, because of my relationship with Don Heidman, who's a board member, owns Johnson out of Colorado. But he and I met 20 years ago, and if you think about it, he and I haven't talked we haven't even communicated for 10 years and all of a sudden out of the clear blue because he's a board member in a position to to invite a speaker to come and participate in this magnificent national or international conference he thought of me because we talked about things that mattered family and friendship and honesty and integrity and work ethic and reliability and all those things that Oma is famous for that attracts all of you to the to the cause but it's all because of the relationship. You know, how many speakers could have been here? I mean, over millions, I mean, millions of speakers. And for some reason, they selected me because of my relationship with Don Heidman. And so when I talk about leadership, I talk about the purpose of a leader is to grow more leaders who believe what you believe, not generate more followers. And in sales, the goal is not to do business with everybody who wants what you have. The goal is to do business only with those who believe what you believe, so they choose you, not just somebody who does what you do. Mm -hmm. So that's how we create the competitive advantages about doing whatever we can possibly do for someone else 
personally before professionally, so they leave us saying, I like me best when I'm with you, I want to see you again. I like me best when I'm with you, I want to see you again. I, we, I don't know how many minutes we've been friends, but we all can leave saying, I like me best when I'm with you, I want to see you again. We've laughed together. We, I watched you guys raise some serious money on the New York side. Uh, Jim and I have connected at the military level. I mean, when we connect at the level way before we talk about money, then money is never the topic of conversation. And if it is, it means the, the presentation is weak and the relationship is non-existent. Right. So the goal is to create those relationships way before we have to present our value proposition and turn it into a business deal because we do business not just with friends, but those whom we trust. We do business with winners. In the law of attraction, we don't attract who we want, we attract who we are. Mm -hmm. And that's why we're sitting here early morning and in Florida because we've connected at that real authentic level and I might not ever hire you guys to help me move my office, but we will connect for many, many other reasons, many, many multiple times for the rest of our lives because of the relationship. Absolutely. And see, that's the thing too, you know, I didn't know Jim Stevens until about a year ago today, but I knew when I met Jim Stevens that I wanted, you know, to make him a part of my aura and, you know, my, my, my circle, you know, yeah, I needed and he's, him in it. You know, he's kind of the, he's probably one of the wealthiest guys I've ever met wearing a super small polo shirt. <laughs> that's how he looks buffed and he's got all these you know, cool techniques. So come on, baby. I mean, part of the brand. <laughs> I. I well, your speech yesterday was profound. I was texting my family and texting some good buds, and it was it was profound. It made a it made a deep impression on a lot of people. There's a buzz for any of you that uh, that are listening. You need to listen to Dan's podcast, not because I've listened. Yeah. I will listen, but you know, the highest form of leadership is service. Yeah, and. This is why the podcast is going to be profound. I mean, I was giddy when I walked up to Jack and, and Jeff and said, Dan's going to join the Rat Pack podcast. Um, because I think those that are, that are listening are going to be able to, to really reflect on what's being discussed today. And I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. It's just, uh, it's an honor to have you on board, man. No, thanks. And you know, when I, I've spoken at the National OSHA Safety Conference seven years in a row as their keynote okay. speaker. And <clears throat> so, you know, talking about the safety issues behind the scenes, which is really, really important, especially in your industry with the trucks and, you know, all the, all the violations that seem to be hidden, as we were talking about on the phone, Jim, that's amazing. Yeah. And so, because I knew the executive director and I knew the board of the OSHA Safety Committee, if you want, for their national conference, uh, I'm backstage before my keynote, and I said, okay, so what's the issue this year? And they all said, oh, man, we all feel like we're like in this, in this, this bad marriage. You know, there's this historic rift between organized labor and leadership and management, and you know, you've got to help us. And I'm like, okay. So I start my speech, I walk out, and all the union guys are there whom I love, and they're all like fired up, and they get their signs, and then you got all the owner leadership over here, and they're like flipping each other off with their eyes. So I start my speech, how many of you feel like you're in a bad marriage? And they're like, yeah, yeah. I said, well, <clears throat> do you think you better get it right at home before you can get it right at work? Yeah. 
I said this preacher's in the middle of a sermon in the back door of the church, slams open, and in walks the devil. All the church members climb out the windows. Preacher slides out the back door. One good old boy stays in the church defiant. Devil walks up to him and says, apparently you don't know who I am. Good old boy says, yeah, you're Satan. Devil says, well, apparently you don't realize with one gesture I can have you cast to outer darkness. Old boy says, yeah. Devil says, apparently you don't realize with one word of my voice I can have you tormented for eternity. Old boy says, yeah. Devil says, and why aren't you afraid of me? Devil says, listen. I mean, the good old boy says, listen. I've been married to your sister for 42 years, and there's not one thing you could ever do that would intimidate me. We, we got to get a ride at home. That's well what said. it is, though. And, you know, and especially, uh, and, and really, you got to get it right, right with yourself, you know, first and foremost. Yeah. And that, and that level <clears throat> of self-discovery. And remember, safety, the reason why we have violations is because we lose our concentration and we have distractions. And if you come to work because you've been in a fight with your spouse or your significant other, man, you can't concentrate. You've got to figure out a way to compartmentalize and focus and do what we need to do. And that brings up the word complacency, one of the things we talked about yesterday. Because folks who get injured on the job or folks who, who don't really do what they need to do from a safety perspective to lower your insurance premiums and all the benefits that come from safety and a safety record, it's not because they're idiots. It's not because they don't know what they're doing. It's because most of them are, they get in such a routine that they become complacent. They, they don't wear the safety goggles if they're in a manufacturing plant or they run through a stop sign with a large you know, 53 foot tra trailer or something. They don't think it's a big deal, but as we were talking on the phone, those little infractions mm -hmm. stack up and eventually you're gonna have some catastrophic injury or some brutal crash. They might be a death. And then you know what happens at the company. You know what happens to the insurance premiums. And it's because of the little things that matter. And I think that takes us full circle already on relationships. It's the little things that really matter. I mean, we last night we were, we were trying to get things rolling, and your SIM cards didn't work. Right. And instead of going, ah, screw it, you said, hey, I'm going to go find some new ones. Let's just reschedule in the morning. I mean, how tough was that? But how many people outside of these walls are in this minimum requirement mediocrity. They just do their job, but they don't get fired up because they don't have their why. Their why's not bigger than their why not. I mean, let's just talk. The other day, I'm on a Spirit Airlines jet, and all of a sudden, there's a, there, there's a, 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 a medical emergency, and the flight attendant comes over the PA system. <laughs> we have a medical emergency. Is there a doctor on board the plane? And everybody's panicking, and I'm in the corners in my window seat laughing. There's no doctor on a Spirit Airlines jet. <laughs> All the doctors fly Delta. Delta right, yeah. <laughs> and another minute goes by and the panic's still a fever pitch. So they've lowered the standards. The second announcement, <clears throat> is there a nurse on board the plane? And I'm laughing, I said, there's no medical personnel on a Spirit Airlines jet. The tickets cost $40. We're all unemployed. Right, right. So they lower the standards again. Has anyone watched Grey Anatomy on TV? <laughs> Suddenly a little girl five rows behind me, she says, I was a, a nurse for Halloween. And they said, well, get up here and give us some help. <laughs> We've got to realize that it doesn't take a lot to take our, our performance to the next level if we understand we become the average of the five people we associate with the most. Yep. I sit down, Jim's like, wow, the exercise room here at the hotel is awesome. And I'm like, yeah, I took a great walk this morning. 
and we start influencing one another based on what we're doing and it's amazing how we leave always leave saying i like me best when i'm with you i want to see you again so if we understand that we become the average of the five people we associate with the most even online listening to podcasts mm-hmm. it validates something else i love to say which means we must be willing to pay any price and travel any distance to associate with extraordinary human beings that's why i woke up early it has nothing to do with the clock it has to do with how do I want to spend some quality time? I meet the three of you. I, you know, I meet the bachelor. What, what's his name again? He's, he's in bed. B.B. Martin. Yeah, yeah, Brian. I'm just Baby I'm just Blue flipping, Eyes. I'm yeah. just flipping Martin some Frankie crap. Blue Eyes. Yeah, Frankie Blue but, Eyes. Brian Blue Eyes. Yeah, but he could be on The Bachelor any day, any time. You know, he's that 6'5 wonder boy. Don't tell his wife Sammy that. No. <laughs> no, no, I won't. But... You just do what you got to do to be with the people you want to be with. You know what I mean? Exactly. And, um, you know, one of the things, too, you were talking about yesterday in terms of complacency and and separating yourself. You know, the SD cards is a good example. That's not going to stop me. But, like, you know, also you said it doing the things that others are unwilling to do. And now you told the story about Muhammad Ali as well. And that's a situation where you figured it out. You know, you knew you were near his hometown or near his house and you did what was necessary because that's your idol or somebody you really respected, somebody you wanted to be in your orbit, like I was talking about with Jim. Um, a little different than Muhammad Ali, but nonetheless, quality human being. Yeah. Um, a little slower. A little slower. Yeah, a little slower. Yeah. <laughs> and, even, and, even, and even Jeff as well, too. You know, when I, when I was coming back, you know, trying to get back out in sales, I wanted to make sure I was associating myself and, and building my career with the people who, you know, I wanted to be surrounded by and, and lead from. Tell us about that because that was something where you found out you were doing a, a, a speech at a college yeah, in Andrews Kentucky. Uni- no, no, it was at Bering Springs, Michigan, where, where, oh, where wow. Muhammad Ali lived, yeah. Andrews University. So, you know, I, it, it's about the unintended consequences. So, you know, you show up and you do your best, you give it your, your, your effort, you're, you're trying to make a difference, and in that process, something else always comes your way. It's amazing. And it might not come your way right now. It's like the Don Heinemann story where 20 years later, he calls me up and says, hey, will you come and speak to this OMA group? So the Muhammad Ali story, it's, it, it kind of changed my life because of the, the nuggets, you know. What, what sells a song is the hook. It's the chorus, you know, live like you're dying. Uh, Garth Brooks, you know, I could have missed the pain, but then I had to miss the dance. All these little one-liners. And when when I'm interacting with Muhammad Ali, he said there's a difference between training to fight and training to win. And it reminds me of a story. This guy wants to be the heavyweight champion of the world, and he seeks this famous trainer, and he's surprised because the trainer says, yeah, you can be heavyweight champion, but you don't even have to work out, man. You just have to think positive. Everything's going to work out, and the guy trusts him. Sets up his first fight, it's against this big giant gorilla, he goes out in the ring and this guy just beats the crap out of him, leaves him at the end of round one and face down in the middle of the ring in a pool of blood, crawls to the corner, slithers up on his stool, he looks up at his trainer and he says, how am I doing? And his trainer says, man, you're doing great. The guy hasn't even hit you yet. Just think, just keep thinking positive. The guy hasn't even hit you yet. He goes, okay, ding, round two, goes out there. The big guy starts where he left off, continues to beat the crap out of him. End of round two, he's down on the face again in another pool of blood, crawls to the corner, slithers up on his stool, he looks up at his trainer, he says, how am I doing? His trainer goes, man, you're doing great. The guy hasn't even hit you yet, just keep thinking positive. And he says, okay, but could you keep an eye on the referee because somebody out there is beating the hell out of me. (laughs) 
we can't just talk about motivation or you can if you think you can. We got to put in the work. And the easiest way to put in the work is to hang around with guys who want to put in the work. But individually, what I've noticed about you guys collectively is the Rat Pack, you're amazing. Omaha is amazing with the Alliance. But it begins with the individuals. And what Muhammad Ali taught us all is that, that once you get in the ring, it's just you. The other example I would use, let's just say Jim and I are roommates in college, and if we collectively decide to wake up every morning at 5 a.m., go to the gym and push each other to our ultimate capacity and potential as a human being, and then while we're winding down, we go to the, the, to the library and we study for another hour to prepare for the exams of the day, we've created accountability partners, which is cool, but really all we're doing is change our, changing our behavior for each other. But if Jim wakes up every single morning at 5 a.m., regardless if I do or not, and you go to the gym and push yourself, and then you go to the library and, and study for an hour, regardless if I do or not, that's who Jim really is. You can surgically remove the stripes from a tiger, and it's still a tiger. Right. In country music, we know no matter where you go, there you are. A, a, a physical geographic relocation doesn't change much. So the coolest thing about meeting you guys is you're the same in Orlando as you are in New York as you are in, in Phoenix. And I know that about you, and I have to be the same off stage as I am on stage, or I have absolutely no credibility. But as being that, that person, I want to be a champion, and when I decide I'm going to be a champion, and, I, and I'm true to my core values, 99% of my decisions have already been made. And I don't have to worry about putting myself in this situation or that situation because I already know what I believe and I'm going to stay true to my belief, trust, you know, transference of trust. And so it ties everything we've talked about so far. Training to fight, no, anybody can do that, <clears throat> but training to win, you know, stepping it up. I mean, I, again, I fly, I've flown, you know, six million miles on Delta Airlines. Everybody goes, whoa, what's your secret? To, to your marriage. I've been married for 43 years. I've only been home six weeks total, man. It's going really, really good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she forgets my name every once in a while. Oh, Jim, I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to hop on a plane here this morning and I'm going to fly to Salt Lake City, Utah. Orlando to Atlanta, Salt Lake City to Atlanta, Atlanta, Orlando, Orlando, Atlanta, Atlanta, Salt Lake City. So in two and a half days, I've been subjected to the same pre-flight safety demonstration four times <laughs> because it's their job. Right. And it reminds me about this minimum requirement mediocrity that we've got to avoid. You know, in the event of a decrease in cabin pressure, an oxygen mask will appear. Reach up, tug on the gold club, place it over your nose and mouth, securing it you tightly with an elastic yeah. strap. Breathe normally. We're going down and they want us to breathe normally. And the flight attendants lie. They stand up and they, you know, bring your seat up to the most uncomfortable, upright and uncomfortable position. This kills me. Alive, dead. Alive, dead. Alive, dead. I, I survived a plane crash, 1988, Stanton, Virginia, Shenandoah Valley Airport. Trust me, when you're going down an inch and a half, does not make a difference. <laughs> and the flight attendants stand up and they lie to us. We're here for your safety. No, they're not. When you're going down, they're strapped in and oh, screaming yeah. just like we are. Yeah. Just once, I want them to give me the microphone and let me tell people what really happens on board an emergency. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, in the event of a decrease in cabin pressure, a little gold cup's going to conk you in the head. <laughs> you know, uh, strap, and, 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 and you need to, to, 
prepare yourself for a 200 feet per second vertical dive. And if you're traveling with more than one child, pick your favorite <laughs> because you don't have a time to make another choice. Just once I want them to give me the microphone and, 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 and really help people understand that it's gonna be okay. And when we, when we c contrast that experience with a flight that, that makes flying fun, somebody who's not just looking at it as a job, but somebody who's, who's looking at it as an experience, we always remember that. That's what we're talking about. I'm on a Delta Airlines jet. We're coming into Dallas, Texas, huge turbulence, flying up and off. Suddenly we hit the ground, bam, we bounce, bam, we hit the, we, we bounce, bam, er, taxi to the gate, flight attendant comes over the PA system. <clears throat> um, Welcome to Dallas, Texas. Uh, uh, please remain seated with your seatbelt fastened while Captain Kangaroo bounces us the rest <laughs> of the way to the gate. We're all laughing. And she says, uh, um, uh, and so we pull up to the gate, and I'm, I'm, I'm asking you guys, is that contagious? She had an elderly woman walking in the aisle behind me with her cane. <laughs> she comes to the door, are you the pilot? Yes, man. Did we really land, or did we get shot down? <laughs> so you make that, that experience just hilarious or fun. And, uh, yeah, it's just tying back to everything we're talking about, relationship, putting in the work, being that person that inspires the next person so together we rise, yeah. Yeah, exactly, and that's what Oma's done so well over the years. I mean, Jeff really has been here since the beginning. Yeah. Uh, it, what's it like for you to not only see the growth of it, but also like see your own personal ascension align with Oma, you know? Well, uh, look, a lot of that is in seeing the team, right. the team you know, we were walking around, we were talking a lot about um, how great of a team we have and, you know, we're really one of the best in the industry and all of that. And we weren't always like that. It was it was a couple of us, you know, we, we were coming here, we were trying to get business, we were, we were trying to expand the company a little bit. And now it's become something so much more than that. And we get to hear guys like Dan talk about all his worldly experience and he truly is the most interesting guy. And the only question that I have for you is, what are you doing flying Spirit Airlines, like, ever in your life? I just you're an F-16 fighter pilot, and you're flying Spirit No, I, I just needed another joke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I figured, why not? Yeah. Uh, I'm always looking for material, bro. Exactly. Well, we will give you plenty. We will provide you uh, for, for, for not a lack of, uh, for a lack of joking, but it, it truly is great. Mm. You know, when you hear it, it, it's gone from 38 people to 300 people. Yeah. And these aren't just people in the industry, these aren't just sales reps, these are people that have truly become friends and confidants and people that, you know, allow me for the personal growth. But again, it, it, it really is great to see what the team has done and, and where we've come as, as an organization, but not, not just us as the advanced group, but OMA itself. And, and, you know, there's a lot of talent under one roof. It's hard to wrangle us all, but, you know, we're, we're all very motivated and the rest of it just, it, it, it truly is easy, you know. People have asked me, hey, you know, your, your role has changed, you're kind of managing people a little bit, it, it must be pretty difficult, you got a lot of personalities. And I said, it, it really is easy. I, I don't have to manage any of you guys. And, and you kind of all do your own thing. And it, it, I don't, I, what, I, what I need to do is get the roadblocks out of your way. I don't right. need to put them up, I need to take them down. and. You know, that's, that's really my biggest motivation at this point. And OMA's come such a long way, and, and we've seen the growth of it, not just in the numbers, but again, in, in the closeness. You know, we come here now, and we're not just shaking hands, we're giving hugs. 
and we're talking to people's families and you know I was on the FaceTime I was on FaceTime with a few people's kids I mean they, they you know you start to you start to become a member of the family yes hey, Jeff's on the phone you know whatever and that probably gives me the most joy is, is realizing that these relationships are not just transactional anymore. They're not about business. They're about something so much more than that. If we could throw some business content in there and, and you know, learn from each other, that's great. And that's a bonus. And, you know, hearing people like Dan come and speak and gets us more motivated. But at the end of the day, you know, we're, we're all going back home to our family. And, it, and it's really, really cool to, to you, you kind of... It, it, you get into another level of it, and that's the true growth of it all in, in the 10 years that we've been a part of it, is to see this go from something that is um, a business networking thing into friendship and family and all of that. The rest the rest becomes easy. And, and you know, Dan spoke a lot about that, but, but every experience that you talked about is a personal thing. You, you, yeah. you didn't speak about business once. It, and that was great. Well yeah. said. I, I, I left to launch him three, four and a half years ago, and I was with JK, who was an OMA partner. Oh, yeah. And um, the conference has changed radically. But if you want to put people to sleep, talk about moving. Hmm. Yeah. You know, think about, think about what happened yesterday, how much was certainly applied to moving, but more applied to life. It's like, wow. Now we have an opportunity to serve others by getting Dan's voice onto, onto this podcast. I mean, are you, are you kidding me? But life lessons. And, and also, I mean, I sent you iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. But let's all acknowledge the fact that the process in sharpening iron, what do you have to do? Heat it up. A lot of pressure. Heat it up. <laughs> yeah. And it's not, it's not a small amount of heat. It's extreme. Right. And so, you know, I think, you know, accountability to each other and life begins at the edge of your comfort zone. And what are you doing? I know we talked last week about a year recap. What are we doing in the past year or what are what goals do we have that are going to push our comfort zones and make us better people? And to your point, the bar and the professional athlete at 12 inches and he hops over the 12 inch bar and hey, everybody knows you've got a 38 inch vert. Why didn't you maximize it? And, and the response is, because you told me to jump over a 12-inch bar. Yeah, that's all you asked me to do. Yeah, that's all you asked, that's all you asked me to do. How profound is that? Yeah. How, what, what capacity could we tap into if we challenged ourselves a little bit more? And so I think that's what's neat. You know, Oma is, Oma is aging, but the future is bright. There's a ton of young leaders that are vibrant and energetic and, and we'll keep those that are, have been in the industry for a while young. And uh, the, the future is bright. You know, maybe we, maybe we throw this in and challenge every single one of you. You know, Jeff, you're one of the OGs. You've been around even as a young man. <clears throat> but the idea is to find one person that we can mentor. You know, Zig Ziglar, he took me under his wing back in 1982 before any of you guys were born kind of a deal. And he mentored me in the art and science of storytelling for 30 years until he passed away. And if you can pass the torch, your wisdom, your collective wisdom, onto just one person and, and make that person your, your mission, I'm going to help you understand what you've learned, 
you know, you can turn decades into days with the right coach, with the right mentor. You know, I, <clears throat> it reminds me, you know, I shared my story of being paralyzed playing football, and the three most frequently asked questions are these, and last night I got so wrapped up in my speech I forgot to answer the third question. So a couple of dudes came up and said, hey, what was your third question? I'm like, oh, what a freaking drag. <laughs> but, <laughs> paralyzed, paralyzed for, I'm like, thanks, man. He's not going to go to sleep tonight wondering what the hell did I forget. <laughs> but, I, you know, paralyzed for 14 months. I went to 16 doctors, 15 of whom told me I would not recover. And as I got better, three questions. I said, I thought I hit rock bottom. And I think it's worth reiterating on this Rat Pack podcast because I didn't hit rock bottom. No one ever hits rock bottom. No matter how bad or hard it gets, you, you, you hit rock foundation. You hit rock belief. You hit the baseline core values and, and, base, and, and governing principles on which we were raised. Question number two. Why did I keep going to so many different doctors? The answer, if you guys remember, is I kept going from doctor to doctor until I found one who believed I would get better. Everything right. starts with belief. But the third question is what took me so long to recover? What took me so long to pivot? Coming out of COVID, some people recovered quickly. Some people are still struggling. And the reason why is because I was asking the wrong questions. <clears throat> I was asking the doctors how to get better <clears throat> when I should have been asking myself why. And once we answer why, figuring out the how-to becomes clear and simple. And from a, a recovery perspective, from a resiliency perspective, so that no one ever understands or ever believes for a second that getting back up and going again is a raw, raw motivational you can if you think you can do. No, it's based in physiology. It's based in biology and science. Because when you only engage the how and the what, when you only focus on the how and the what, you only engage the brain. But when you add to that a passionate why and a compelling want, which is a reason, remember, reason leads to conclusions, but it is emotion that leads to action, you engage and connect both the head and the heart. And physiologically proven, our blood pumps more rapidly, our brains fire, <clears throat> and our muscles engage, which maximizes performance. That's where we get our second wind. That's where we have the reason to hustle as athletes. It's because we connect the head and the heart. We don't just talk about that what and the how, the process, boss, we're gonna track your project, we got the work orders, all the things that the boss program uh, 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 makes possible for you all in your, in your industry. But when you put in the why I'm gonna monitor, why I'm gonna be this kind of person, why I'm gonna develop relationships with all of the hit list of people who need your service but they're not signed up yet. <clears throat> And if you think about it in those terms, that makes my paralysis one of the best things that ever happened to me. Not my paralysis, but who I became because of it. See, I thought I was a football player when in reality, that's just what I did. It's not who I am as a man. And when we identify ourselves in terms of what we do instead of who we are, we become human doings instead of human beings unacceptable of significance is what we seek. And to your point, Jeff, nobody really wants to hang around with more human doings. We want to hang around with human beings. Like you said, at some point, you got to leave the conference. you got to go back to your home. you got to go back to the grind. you got to go back to your neighborhood. And if we're the same at the conference as we are at home, there's no transition. Those little things matter. You know, I always tell everybody, I've never quit one thing in my life. I'm afraid. Because if you quit one thing, it's going to be easy to quit the next thing. I've never 
quit. I've never missed a speech since 1982. I've had flights canceled. I've rented a car, drove seven hours through the badlands of Nebraska to make a speech in the morning in Rapid City, South Dakota. And it's not because I'm this noble man. It's because I know that there's at least one man and one woman in every one of my audiences who is hurting as badly as I was. Mm. When you're an athlete for that many years and you and suddenly it's taken away, you, I lost my identity. I didn't have a freaking clue who I was. And it was the wake-up call that we all need. But I'm telling you what, we don't learn from our, our victories. We learn from our failures, do we not? We don't. Right. If, if a project goes perfectly smooth from the time you put in the work order, from the time you log it into boss, and from the time you start going, if it goes perfectly smooth, you don't win. You don't learn one flipping thing. But when there's a glitch, and then we learn the lesson so we don't make that same glitch again, but there's another glitch we can learn from, bring it on, baby. Bring on the discomfort. I want something to work on today. I don't want everything to just go smooth. You know, bring on the discomfort. I like it. Exactly. And that's why the moving industry, you know, it takes such a, uh, a unique type of person because there is so much, especially when you're learning and you're growing and you talk about mentorship and, you know, the people they take under their wing, you're looking at them. Yeah. Um, but, Tell uh, me about that. Yeah, yeah. Behind your back. No, you're so cool. It's just, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when you're coming up and, and you're first learning this industry, you're going to fail so many times and so often and you know the mental burden that puts on you it's it's challenging because you begin to you know that doubt creeps in and that negativeness creeps in but depending on what type of person you are and for me it was a challenge it was always i'm gonna learn this i'm gonna get better and the reason why i wouldn't quit is because i knew i was helping people and that's the thing about moving is nobody likes doing it it sucks but i'm a helper at heart so therefore, I continue to do it, and I continue to get better at it, and I know if I do that, I'll eventually be at the echelon that I demand, and I'll you know, be able to do the best I can for others. You know, you brought up something so cool, Jack. Yeah, ask yourself, what attracted you to this specific industry? Because you mm-hmm. guys are successful, you would be successful doing anything. And it's to your point, Jack, it's that service before self mindset. It's like, how can we help others and that spills over into who you really, really are as a human being, because you could do anything. You know, congratulations. And that's kind of the Oma. You know, talking to Heinemann when I came and talking to Doug Holling said that the executive director or the CEO, I got to feel, I got so excited coming because they told me it was the top 1%. I mean, you guys are all champions in your own way. And to, to feel the level of testosterone and see the, the, the accomplished women in the room, the estrogen. I was not disappointed. I mean, look at us. You guys are just studs at every level. And we were sitting here shooting the bull early morning, you know. Saw the sunrise. I know, you did. Well, yeah, and, and, and appreciate you saying that, Dan. It, it means a lot, I know, to, to, to everybody in the, in the partnership. But strongest animal on earth, bison, you know why? It's the one animal that turns directly into a storm and walk straight through it. So this industry, okay, on the residential side of the business, you're moving people's lives. Mm. You're, you're, you're sending crews, and oh, by the way, here's the challenge in our industry. We're sending team members, guess what we've never heard in our entire lives? Um, hey, when I, grow, when I grow up, I wanna be a mover. Right. So we're working with team members, valued team members that otherwise are unable to find gainful employment elsewhere and we're trying to create careers and career paths for them, but sending them into the most intimate areas of our clients on the residential side of the business. And then we're, 
we're interconnected to the infrastructure and business. Talk about pressure. Oh yeah. And so that's what's unique about the industry, and therein lies the challenge. Um, and and uh, rising to the occasion is is uh, is done on a project to project basis. But it is about it is about increasing your influence. If you increase your influence, you gain trust with others. If you gain tr- trust with others, they will migrate closer to you. Like like this, they will migrate closer to you, and then you will have the opportunity to influence them for the better. How can we influence the industry? There are non-OMA partners that can benefit from our influence. There are obviously OMA partners that can benefit from our, our influence. The European Alliance. We have 25 people that flew in from Europe, yeah, I think. That's incredible. So there's unique opportunities to learn life lessons. To your point, Jeff, to leave a legacy such that we can look back on on not only the industry, but we can look back on on how we've worked to not only sharpen ourselves, but sharpen those around us. I, I love it. You know, I'm living in Utah, I've known Stephen Covey forever. My girlfriend's dad was his first, co- first cousin, so we spent a lot of time breakfasts and lunches. And he obviously wrote Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Right. And shortly after that, he wrote his next book called The Eighth Habit. I immediately called him and said, calm down. We don't need any more freaking habits. I'm, I'm working on your first seven already. I don't need an eighth. And I had about, you know, the first couple down. And then in my older age now, with all due respect to him, God rest his soul, I think he created a limiting belief when he said, begin with the end in mind. Now, in the moving industry, I would suspect that everybody would buy into that. But what happens if we begin with the end in mind, it creates a limiting belief because what it does is it forces us to focus on a destination that's impressive, do our best to manage people, and reward uh, results. And if all we do is reward results, what we're going to do is die with just like a trophy case. With all due respect, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but Buzz Aldrin, the second man on the moon, I went to the Army-Navy football game with them, and I've spent some time with them talking to him. I mean, he, he walks on the moon. And a few years after that, he's divorced, homeless, alcoholic, and bankrupt. It's because he only focused in on, on the destination. And, you know, I mean, after you walk on the moon, what's, your, what's next on your bucket list? I want to move to Queens. Yeah. <laughs> you know, come on, New it's York. Like, come it's on, baby. Like Mars up there. So yeah. <laughs> but what would happen if you begin with the why in mind, which invites us to focus on uh, 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 the journey that's important? So the next time someone says you got to think outside the lines, you got to think outside the box. I think they should join us in the back of the room as Mavericks, as Renegades. What if the answers are still in the box? Everything required to take ourselves to the next level and to take our organizations and our teams to the next level is already inside of us. All we have to do is talk about the things that trigger more passion, creativity, imagination, and rise to the occasion. And from a sales perspective, this is the greatest analogy, the greatest advice I can give anyone. What keeps us motivated as songwriters and recording artists is the goal, the dream to have a platinum selling record, which means we sell one million copies. And what keeps us focused and, and, and refusing to sell our souls is the reality that there are 300 million people in America, which means you can literally piss off 299 million and still go platinum, mm. which means your value proposition 
isn't for everybody. Get over the myth of rejection. When someone says, no, I don't want to buy into OMA, I don't want to buy into your process, I don't want to pay you to help me move from hello to goodbye, get over it. Just move on to the next person because your personality perhaps didn't work. But in a size of, 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 of your, your, your company's called Advance or Advantage, what is it, Advance? Advance, Advance. The Advance Group. How many people do you have in your group? About 400. Okay, so like we talked about yesterday, in American football, not every play is designed to score a touchdown. One play sets up the next play, which sets up the next play. So Jack's personality doesn't, doesn't mesh with whomever he's been dealing with. You send in somebody else, and suddenly that personality with the exact same proposition, the same numbers, that connects. And we have to remember that we're, we're here together. The collaboration, the communication theme this year is really key, but it, it's basically riding on the coattails of last year's theme of trust. And those two things can never, ever again be separated. They should always be the theme every year because communication is the transference of trust. Leadership, sales, the transference of trust. So everything we've talked about this morning basically is not a secret. It's not a secret sauce. It's just the formula to be the best human beings we can be who happen to be in the moving industry. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I think the saying is to write greatness is consistency over time. I love it. Isn't yeah. that what they say? Yeah. So, and, and that kind of stems it all together. So, uh, you know, Dan, thank you so much. Thank you, thanks. Dan. Yeah. Oh, thanks, guys. Jeff and thanks. Jim, thank you guys for waking up early and doing this. Appreciate you fellas and uh, we'll definitely do it again. Thanks, Jack. Thanks everybody thanks. for listening.